Welcome, everybody, to a Couch Divided podcast. My name is Nick Thomas. Alongside with me, as always, the wonderful, beautiful Dr. Robin Hall. How are you doing, Robin? I am excellent. Yeah. I am excellent, Nick. I wow. had a, I had an extra radio voice just now. You did. It felt like we were at a baseball game a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm just chomping at the bit to introduce the people that we have. Yeah, let's get right for into you it. guys today. Um, the topic we're going to cover is definitely a hot button topic. Sensitive? I don't know if we would... Well, I mean, amongst the abolitionists, um, no, it's not a a, a sensitive topic because we understand it fully. Yeah, Um, And uh, it is something that we're convicted by. So uh, in in that realm, yes, it's a hot-button topic. But it is a a hot-button topic to the secular world or even to some Christians about what we're getting ready to talk about, um, about the ethics and morals and standards around that, what to do, how to think about it. And of course, uh, if anybody knows us, we come from Apologia, we do a lot of ministry, and we're abolitionists as a heart. And so, yes, you probably already know the route that we're going to go uh, for this topic here. Right. And usually I feel like we have a lot more uh, buildup. Do we have any business stuff? Well, I mean, you can always contact us at uh, couchdividedpodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook and Instagram under uh, couchdividedpod, same name for both. Um, You you guys uh, email us a lot of questions. We appreciate that. Keep doing that. Um, we love your comments. Um, we love e- even the, your contribution to some of our our meme game, our silly memes. Yeah, and I never thought that. I would be a memer, but you've <laughs> made me one. So, um, if the twenty-six-year-old uh, self met the thirty-five-year-old me today, he'd probably beat me up. But that's fine. Well, you know that's, what I mean? Yeah, you get sanctified, you grow, and <laughs> then all of a sudden, you know, you can be conformed to the image of Christ, and then you're posting memes. And so that's uh, that's the way it goes. That right. is, that is uh, an added verse in the Romans yeah. eight. So. <laughs> um, well. Who do we have with us? Nick? Well, without further ado, I guess that's what you say. Is that cliche to say without yes. further ado? Yeah, it yes. is. Okay. Um, <laughs> we got uh, Mr. John Speed from Lure.tv. You may remember a conversation we had with Marcus Pittman. He's affiliated with Lure.tv as well. Co, uh, dare I say, co creator, co founder, co founder, co founder. And then Miss Laura Clausen from Choice for Two. All the um, way in the great white north of Ontario, Canada. Yeah, so welcome, guys. Thank yes, you for welcome. coming on. We appreciate that. Um, so I, I'm sure a lot of you guys have already guessed the topic we're going we're gonna to cover today based on who we've got with us. Um, but we are talking today about IVF. So, um, John, maybe you could start just by introducing the guys in our audience that aren't familiar with you. Who are you and what do you do? Oh, well, I'm a pastor of missions and evangelism at uh, by the Word Baptist Church in Azle, Texas, and um, I co-produced Babies Are Murdered Here with Marcus Pittman. Uh, I guess we released that in 2014, and then Babies Are Still Murdered Here in 2019 with Apologia, and um, yeah, a co-founder, uh, uh, director of communications at Lore, L-O-O-R dot TV, and um yeah, that's uh, I've been helping out with distribution of Laura's exposed series. That's uh, part of what I do there at Laura's is help with that, and um, just trying to raise havoc. A troublemaker, so, uh, godly troublemaker. Yeah. That's it, godly troublemaker. Yeah, somebody <laughs> we know says something about that. Yes. Yeah, I I, I got to say when uh, Marcus uh, premiered, babies are still murdered here. Uh, we got an exclusive viewing at Apologia. That was a uh, not a dry eye in the audience, and both were profound. But that second one. Um, Really, I mean, if you were an abolitionist, uh, just in virtue only, 
you became one in action uh, with that movie. So uh, good job, guys, uh, on that. It is uh, it w- that's a documentary that will transcend time, and uh, um, God uh, will use your pen even well after we are gone to right. influence people right. uh, about this. And uh, hopefully, it's abolished by then. But you know what I mean. It's pretty cool. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Miss Laura. All the way in Canada. Hello. Hi. We're so yes. excited. Hi. To have you. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. I told John that I've been kind of a digital stalker of him for quite a while, and the true is also same for you. So I'm confessing <laughs> that. Um, yeah. Tell us who you are and what you do. What uh, what God's called you to in the kingdom, and how it blesses people. Okay. Um, yeah. So I am the director of Choice for Two, which is a Christian anti-abortion organization. And uh, we kind of have two different things going on. On the one side, we're um, connecting one-on-one with women who are considering abortion or who have abortions booked. Mm. And we basically, you know, talk to them and plead with them to have mercy on their child and to not murder their baby. And um, then through the organization, we're able to help them if that's needed um, with different, all kinds of different things. Um, and then the other side of what the organization is doing is really tr- trying to reach the culture and challenge people on the entire idea of abortion mm-hmm. in the first place, because, you know, it's a massive human rights violation. Um, and so we mostly do that with um, different videos um, that, that we're putting out, which is how that that plays into, I guess, why we're here and the exposed series that we're doing with Lore and the latest episode mm-hmm. on IVF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, amazing. You know, uh, I was uh, sort of uh, taken back because, uh, Laura, I've been following you for, for a little bit now, and I've seen your evolution in conviction uh, in abortion, uh, starting from maybe uh, a default position, maybe pro-life and you're working your way up to um, sort of, abolition. yeah, sort of an abolitionist conviction. Do I have that right? Were you always kind of under that conviction, or did it uh, take an evolution for you? Oh yeah, it's definitely evolved. Um, the organization is completely different now, and uh, babies are murdered here. Really played a lot into that, and um, and also meeting John Speed and mm-hmm. all of these other Christians. Because here in Canada, um, the movement is very different. It's basically a hundred percent Catholic mm. and it is very pro-life. Mm. And so, um, when I started out, that's all I knew. I, and I didn't, um, I actually, uh, was telling people it's not a Christian organization, wow. um, because it's a secular organization and this is how we're going to reach people. This mm. is how we're going to save babies. So I was kind of going along realizing myself that, you can't take God out of this fight. Mm. At the same time, that is when I connected um, with speed and just like abolitionism in general. Mm. Uh, so there was, I was like, okay, yes, <laughs> this, yeah. this makes sense. And this is what we need to do. And so we completely shifted mm. everything to be able to do this properly. Wow. Yeah. You, you've certainly been major players in the game, both uh, you, uh, Laura and John and, uh, God has used you to change the conversation um, about uh, abortion or even amongst Christians. And even this topic that we have, you just released a video, uh, Laura, called uh, Build a Baby. 
and this is part of the Exposed series that uh, uh, your ministry and uh, and Laura.tv has produced. And the the first one that you produced was the procedure. Oh. Again, not uh, not a dry eye. Yeah, uh, will watch that. <laughs> Um, it still makes me a little queasy, like even just recall, like recalling to mind and I can hear Kevin Sorbo's voice, you know, and some of the, uh, the virtue of Laura.tv is to produce high quality, um, um, you know, media, Christian media. And, uh, if anybody's wondering why we say that, uh, of course go to Laura.tv, but you can hear our recent episode with Marcus Pittman. We were talking about, you know, how the Trinity <laughs> actually how to exegete media using the Trinity, really. Right. Uh, but then, and um, but then, she, so uh, he used, uh, uh, they used uh, your talents, uh, Laura, in uh, possible uh, acting and creativity and writing, and it's just, you know, bravo on the procedure as well. It definitely is a game changer. And then Build a Baby comes out. Yeah, and we'll link, um, we'll link both of, yeah. we'll link both of those so people that haven't seen them can, and we'll link Lore also uh, in Choice for Two. Uh, Laura, would you say you're known for satire or satirical messaging in some cases? Yeah, I guess so because yeah. um, Choice for Two didn't. No one really knew about us up here in Canada until we did the like the pink haired videos. Yeah, um, and those are satire. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I can see I can see in Build a Baby, and I'm not saying this is uh, satirical, but I can see your essence uh, in writing. Yeah, your uh, come through that is definitely all over that. <laughs> and which is pretty cool. The messaging. I mean, I come from a punk rock atmosphere, <laughs> and um, and I, I got that vibe. And maybe you weren't going for that, but I got that vibe of hey, uh, th- there's a little bit of uh, sort of uh, mocking the idea of building a baby. Um, through anybody that would believe that go, oh, that's actually what it is. It, it's, it's, it's kind of gross on the back end, um, to, uh, to try to put together a baby for your, mm-hmm. uh, advantage, uh, and then discard maybe, uh, babies that you wouldn't find suitable <laughs> to live in this world and, uh, sort of a playing God kind of thing. And right. I just got that vibe. I hope you don't mind me making that assessment. If I'm wrong, you can correct me. That's for sure. <laughs> No, that's totally the vibe. It is satire. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I first wrote, because we wanted to do an episode on IVF. And actually, we did an entire other story, which was like a very touching, um, focusing more on the, the two people going through IVF mm-hmm. and like their heartbreak and just how hard like IVF actually is to go through because it's brutal. Right. Yes. Um, and so we had the animatic for that and <laughs> for showing it to speed. And both of us were just like, this isn't good. It's not like, it's not good enough. It doesn't focus on the victims. It almost was like a commercial for IVF just mm. because there was so much sympathy for um, the infertile couple. Um, and so I was like, no, okay, let's, we need to redo this in a way that's more edgy Mm. and that focuses on the victims and so that's that's where this one came out of and i and i think it turned out really well uh edgy is the correct word uh, there edgy i like that and uh it is it is uh because uh there is a lot of um you know atmosphere a christian atmosphere going no you have to say these certain words you have to do this certain thing it's not loving if you uh, uh expose it this way uh and 
I, uh, I don't know where they got that assumption of if uh, the Lord is the sovereign over the universe. Oh, He's I mean, certainly uh, created. I know. It's <laughs> just fear of man. Fear of man and capitulating yeah. to culture. Like that's just your experience alone, Laura, growing up in Canada. And that was the narrative that you grew up with, right? Yeah. Like that you have to take a, those, a position similar to the Catholics. And then as soon as you actually heard someone call it murder, everything mm-hmm. changed every time i okay. see something like uh like build a baby or the things that lord dot uh, tv is uh, producing and i go you know what the days of leave it to beaver christianity are gone yeah yes <laughs> uh not everything that. is okay and we have to expose it in the such uh we are um not condemned by christ uh we have no excuse to transgress against him but we ought to expose darkness. And that's why I believe that's what the scripture says. Well, so. and I think that's a great lead in. So I thought for anybody in our audience that actually isn't familiar with what IVF is, that it would be really interesting to read what the Mayo Clinic says about IVF. So then we can all respond to it. So forgive me, but I'm about to do that. So IVF uh, stands for in vitro fertilization. And this is something that the Mayo Clinic at least put on their website in September of 2021. So IVF is a complex series of procedures used to help with fertility or prevent genetic problems and assist with the conception of a child. During IVF, mature eggs are collected or retrieved from ovaries and fertilized by sperm in a lab. The fertilized egg or embryo is or embryos, which we're definitely going to talk about, are then transferred to a uterus. Guys, this is the wording they're using, to yeah. a uterus. One full cycle of IVF takes about three weeks. Sometimes these steps are split into different parts and the process can take longer. IVF is the most effective form of assisted reproductive technology. Well. The procedure can be done using a couple's own eggs and sperm, or IVF may involve eggs, sperm, or embryos from a known or anonymous donor. In some cases, a gestational carrier, someone who has an embryo implanted in the uterus, might be used. Your chances of having a healthy baby using IVF, IVF excuse me, depend on many factors, such as your age, the cause of infertility, and the cause of infertility. In addition, IVF can be time-consuming, expensive, and invasive. So a little black box warning there from Mm. the Mayo Clinic. If more than one embryo is transferred to the uterus, IVF can result in a pregnancy with more than one fetus or a multiples pregnancy. Um, Yeah, so that is how the Mayo Clinic defines IVF. And I know all four of us immediately... cringe at that definition i'm only thinking of it apart and build a baby where it flashes the caution uh warning you do not own the embryos <laughs> by the way right and, uh, right um so I, I love that you put that on there too as well so how like how as christians should we be like really defining what ivf is like if we were to break that down into terms that every christian evangelical could understand what would we say about ivf from a biblical platform. It's, well, I, I think it's human trafficking. Yeah. It's modern human trafficking. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From yeah, a biblical like, perspective, I guess speed would be the one to answer that. Well, I was jotting down a couple of notes while you were writing or reading. <laughs> and um, when they say uh, like prevent genetic problems. Mm-hmm. That's the buzzword um, right there. Yeah. That jumps off. I'm sure that jumps off the page at you, right? Yes. And the reason is because if 
they have, I mean, what are these genetic problems? We have the ability now with DNA to find out whether or not somebody has a proclivity towards cancer. Yes. Right. So could it, would they uh, destroy an embryo based on that? You know, would they call it a genetic problem if the couple is looking for, um, you know, the perfect blonde hair, blue eyed, white baby and get something else. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a genetic problem. It, it's a boy or a girl. Is that a genetic problem? And and, um, that, and that's what I see out of there. It says prevent genetic problems and they don't prevent it, like fix it when they see it. They squash it and try again. Is they, that correct? They kill, yeah. the, they yes. kill the child. Yeah. That's not preventing. That's destruction. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I love that we just break it down. This is human trafficking. Um but it seems so good when the Mayo Clinic, actually. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, somebody that didn't know what to look for yeah. um, might find that like a very satisfactory definition. And I do believe it accurately represents what the world yeah. feels about babies, right? I Like it even makes me very funny to say embryo. Yeah. Um, a human being, right? Like a human being um, or multiple human beings. Cause usually they try and get, um, if I am not, if I'm correct about this, they try and harvest quote unquote, as many eggs as possible so that you have as many opportunities as possible mm. to fertilize embryos and then attempt to have them implant. Yeah. Um, well, and that's, that's the tricky thing here. Like uh, I shared with Laura the other day, I, I, document from the national institute of health was basically indicating that of every embryo if you talk about from the creation of the embryo and ivf to an actual baby you look at that ratio how many created to those are actually born they're saying that 90 it's like only seven to ten percent mm. of the embryos created actually make it to a birth oh my gosh so, Getting back to what she was asking, you know, saying about a biblical perspective, I mean, we believe in life at conception, mm -hmm. and that's just sort of been the um, standard talking point of the pro-life movement forever. Right. And, and they're changing uh, the definition of conception nowadays too, as well. Yeah. And yeah. and the thing is, oh yeah. And then theologically, there are people in the in the Christian world that say, no, it's not life at conception. It's life at implantation. Mm. Yeah. So they say it's not life until the implants on the wall of the uterus. Yeah. So when it's in the fallopian tube, they're saying, well, that's not really human life. Mm. Um, I beg to differ yeah. based on, yeah. first of all, there's always been embryologists have always said it's life at conception. Yeah. And then, um, you know, even biblically, Jeremiah 1 5, uh, God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, God's sovereign. He can he knows his people from eternity past. But where is human life before it's in the womb, mm -hmm. the uterus? It's in the fallopian tube. Right. Yeah. God knows knew Jeremiah, but then he knew Jeremiah in the eternity past. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're talking about human life that you're destroying in order to get the one that, a whole bunch of human life you're destroying to get the one that you really want. And mm -hmm. there's something about that that's really messed up. What do you think is going on with uh, this uh, particular generation and maybe uh, uh, just a couple past generations that we've we've come to the point where we've developed this mentality to do this without batting an eye? Um, is it uh, part of the sexual revolution, part of personal autonomy, uh, the rejection of God holistically, all of the above? 
first, second, third Probably wave feminism. It, yeah. Personal autonomy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we act like we're Greek and Roman gods. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the way we live our lives. And, Watch people drive down the road and you get that idea. Yeah. 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 And, and the reason and why, go ahead, Laura. Oh, sorry. I was just also going to say there's, there's this idea that um, people deserve children. And so then no matter what it costs or how many lives it costs, that's okay because you deserve mm-hmm. to have a baby. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Or I mean, even breaking that down further, like from a clinical, like a psychological point of view, like I deserve the right to this experience. Yeah. And it is, it is, I think very much just a, a symptom and to borrow a buzzword from like our new age, it's a manifestation of this idea that like the whole world exists to suit me. I am at the center of it. I have no concept of die to self, uh, live for, you know, the kingdom. I rebel against authority. Mm. And when you were talking, Nick, I think feminism, right? I mean, we could, I think we could argue that feminism is the cause of most of most of our current issues. Um, But I do like I've talked with women who that has been their argument. Like I, I should have the right to the experience of being pregnant, just being pregnant. Like it doesn't even follow through all the way to like, I deserve the right to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, That's also the view of children that we have too as well. I mean, sometimes we view them as burdens or just, you know, I mean the, the, you know, IVF is some of the definitions or some of the explanations that we'll go, you know, multiple fetuses, right. you know, um, and of course fetus, I mean, we always say that, you know, it's Latin for small child, Latin for baby kind of thing like that. And, uh, a term that we use to describe human development, but they don't want to discuss the, the human development part. They right. just want to Well, say. they just want to decide when yeah. in the word like that actually starts. So it isn't yeah. like John was saying, it isn't the fallopian tube, right? Mm-hmm. It isn't until it's implanted in mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. in the uterine wall. Yeah. Right. So I kind of came up with my own definition and I just, I want to like, I want to say it and see how it lands with you guys. So start out there, see if it sticks. (laughs) So IVF (laughs) is the process of creating human beings that may or may not live during their transfer from lab to belly or may end up on ice for an indefinite amount of time forever or parents have decided they no longer need, want the embryos or people that are being stored. Um, and I love the 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 uh, like scientific research part. And I I wonder, you, John, you might know the actual statistics around this, like how many embryos that don't end up being transferred do end up getting donated in the name of like research, stem cell research specifically, is what my gut is. I think Laura might have a better beat on that. Than okay. I do. I, I don't know for sure, but I, I strongly think that most of them end up being donated to science, um, just from people that I know, people I've talked to also, because it makes them feel like they're doing something good. They're not just, you know, discarding, like they are contributing to advancement in, you know, these medical discoveries and stuff. So, um, they make it sound very appealing at the clinic as though like you're doing a great service for the world by donating to science. Um, And then also there's the whole adoption, embryo adoption, which seems to be gaining a lot of traction actually. Mm. And uh, uh, so that that's happening as well. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how many are just being thrown out at this point, but yeah, I'm not really sure. 
Okay, yeah. but, but yeah, but any your experience. They probably don't even keep track of that. Yeah, they I was like, how, that's what I was going to say. I was like, how could they? I mean, does, does somebody have a you know a ledger of <laughs> of how many embryos they have stored in a freezer? I don't care if it's one. You know, right. uh, it, it's horrible. But we know that the majority of that, just by simply uh, saying that. Uh, you know, not all the eggs make it in there um, uh, into uh, implantation. Of course, they're going to have uh, more. And if you don't own the embryos or if you're keep, uh, keeping the semen, um, then uh, theoretically, I guess you can just produce how many of you, you know, that you want later on, even without the mother present. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, so who knows, you know, um, uh, Laura, you're, you're pretty boisterous on social media and Facebook, too, as well. Uh, you've talked about Roman Catholics. Uh, I've always seen you do it graciously, but sometimes the, your co- uh, the comments that come out you sometimes are completely absurd. And you've been able to uh, take those comments and flip it on their head and, uh, and go, oh, this person said this, and, and uh, th- th- your comedic satire will come uh, through again, uh, just exposing that darkness. And I-, I wanted to make a mention of that because, you know, I've seen people comment on your posts uh, about, you know, I- I've done IVF, I have two beautiful babies. Are you saying that those babies are sinful? Um, or that baby is sin. And I don't think that's the argument that you're making, but I would like to hear you elaborate on that if you... uh Yeah, I was going to say that's a really nice bridge into the common objections, Mm. even in evangelical evangelical Christendom, to identifying IVF and likening it to abortion, or at least the consequences of IVF, likening that to abortion. Um, Yeah, what do you you say to people who come at you with that argument? Yeah, like that's not at all what I'm saying. Yeah, um, right. So that is why um, we we put together a a paper, a, a writing online that John did, um, kind of saying our position, uh, which is that if if you have a child through IVF, like I'm happy you have that child. I'm happy that person is here. Mm-hmm. That person is just as human and as valuable as anyone else. Um, but IVF is evil, and we need to end it. Um, so, and yeah, it is very interesting that so many Christians are there. there, I'm getting a lot of messages of Christians trying to justify to me Mm -hmm. why it is okay, um, that they did IVF or how they did IVF. And I'm like, you don't have to like you, (laughs) I don't have to, you know, okay, you're IVF. Like, obviously you've got some guilt here that that you're, that you're dealing with. But you don't owe me anything. Like right, you don't right, need right. to. You don't need to be doing that. But I do. I do think that what you did was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the child that you now have is not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to look at IVF for what it is and what. Like we've opened this door so wide that now it's it's all going off to a human experimentation same-sex couples being able to have children, right. um, just all kinds right. of, of things. And mm-hmm. so I'm not even sure, can this door be shut at this point? I think the only right thing to do would be to outlaw IVF. Mm-hmm. It should be illegal. And then we should move forward and try to rescue all the embryos that are frozen right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is kind of the only right way forward that I can see right now. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And that's true abolitionism right there. Zero tolerance uh, for a a really big call to action. I think one of the things that Nick brought up when we were prepping to have you guys on was that essentially that is the same argument that gets made like for a pro by pro aborts. Right. Mm -hmm. Like who are arguing about the right of a mother to kill a child that was conceived in rape. Like, you would never condone the assault, right, that resulted in the child. But that actually has no influence whatsoever on the value of that child because that child is made in God's image, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Like, we're made in our our image, right? Um, By God's sovereignty, that child through already suffering right. is made it into this world. And that is by uh, God's right. providence. So I always, you know, rejoice over God's sovereignty uh, of him bringing people in the world, taking an undesirable situation um, and making it have an, a, a desirable outcome. Right. Making but all things It's still, new. yeah, I've like, you know, I come from the drug world. I've seen uh, many people get saved by Christ uh, in, uh, you know, crack houses right but i don't think that we should go around building crack houses just because <laughs> a couple people can get saved in there um but it, it is a, yeah. it's such a ridiculous emotional argument right that gets made a lot like are you saying that you're glad this mother got raped and that now they need to spend the rest of their life looking at a reminder of that rape mm. no like we yeah. are we would never ever condone that and and we actually have a consistent platform to say that it is sin and evil and awful right mm. um yeah, it, like thou shalt not murder. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it like that. It, like it's such a it's such a superficial, like weightless, emotional way to argue through this. And I'm sure that but, your experience is that's typically the kind of argument you get is an emotional one. It's not really logical, even though the parents that have done this try and explain or convince you out of their own, you know, insecurity, guilt, feelings, whatever it might be, that actually the way they did it wasn't wrong. That it was okay yeah. that they created but, 10 babies, right? And only one of them made it, or maybe none of them did. Yeah, that's it is um, very emotional, the whole issue. It's mm. all emotion. And that's why the way we did the video, I took that emotion out completely. There's there's nothing in there that really shows um, the emotion of what the, the adults who are making these choices for other human beings like what they're going through. We just completely left that out because I want to be like, you know what guys, it's, it shouldn't be all driven by emotion. We should look at the facts. We should look at the lives. And when, when you do that, it's not hard to see that IVF is wrong. Right. Agreed. Totally. What, so from, so from somebody who is calling themselves a Christian, who is like, is part of this group of Christians that would argue Along the same life lines as a pro-life like organization that the mom is a victim. We need to take care of the mother. We don't mm. call it sin. We don't call it murder. How do you how do you respond to Christians that are making that argument? I I mean they're wrong. Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's harsh and it's super awkward because um, like personally I know so many people who did IVF right. and even family members. I have family members created through IVF. Um, so it, it's there, there's, I mean, there's no really, I mean, there's no nice way to do this. Like, I'm sorry, IVF is evil. Um, you did it. That 
something that you need to get right with God about. Um, but it's not something that we can now like coddle people through, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it is, it is in my mind, very black and white at this point, when you take all the emotion out and you look at it for what it is, because these are human beings in dishes being killed, being frozen, being experimented on. This isn't hard, right? No, so I, I was a little nervous when, we, when I first started thinking about this, um, just because I knew it's, it's such a taboo topic. Like you cannot question IVF. IVF is like this golden calf that the where where I am, the Christian world has just completely embraced without question. Um, and so now to kind of start poking holes in that, people are very offended and upset. And that's okay. I think, you know, this needs to happen so that we can objectively look at what we have been doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree I, with you totally. Sorry, John. I've been telling people that, um, you know, it took us about 10 years from the time babies are murdered here. We're released. It'll be 10 years next year. Wow. Wow, um, I'm old. Anyways, it's hard to believe. And it's 2014, man. I haven't even. Hair, my beard. Yeah. <laughs> I was still in graduate school at that point. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, it took 10 years to get to the point where we could get like a SB Southern Baptist convention to pass a resolution on abolition a couple of years ago. And then, um, you know, like G3 and um, mm. Founders Ministries coming on board. It was unheard of back then in 2014 of getting hardly anybody that was reformed to get into this fight on abortion. Now, with this one, I this has a lot of the same feel as babies are murdered here uh, in terms of the fact that people just, we're only getting about 10% of the share of the views and the shares, probably less than 10% of the shares that we were getting um, on the procedure. Wow. Uh, we had 1.2 million views in the procedure in about seven days here. Last count, I think we're around 225,000 mm. in been a couple weeks. So wow. uh, I think it's going to, this one's going to be a battle. Like, mm. I think it's going to take like 20 years to probably get, uh, to get the church, the evangelical, uh, even the reformed churches mm -hmm. to really do anything about this consistently because let's just be honest, IVF is expensive. Yeah. And when you've got IVF pe people in your church that have done IVF uh, have actually gone through this. Uh, they're usually the people that have quite a bit of money and they've been given quite a bit to the church. I don't expect we're going to have a whole lot of pastors and ministry leaders jumping on board with this thing. Uh, I hadn't even thought of that, yeah, but of a... course that makes tons of sense. And uh, we're from... seeing that even with the ministries that we've worked with, and some of them that we've worked with in the past on different things, who are not touching this thing. Wow. And, um, you being they a... haven't said anything, but I mean, you can you know what's you kind of know what's going on. John, you being a pastor yourself, I mean, you're more than qualified to talk about this. And so I, I you know, hope everybody is paying attention to what he just said uh, right there. This is a pastor talking about um, uh, a dire situation. And, uh, you know, you're not prophesying 20 years, but you're, you're seeing the pattern behavior. But uh, the good news is, is that if we do keep talking about it, that we do change um, the dynamics. And you know, some of the long lost art and Robin go with me here too as well is, is that we don't think generationally. No. 
And I can tell uh, John Speed, I mean, uh, and this is the essence that you would get with Lord.TV, uh, Choice for Two, is that there is generational thinking uh, and there is long-term goals as well. Well, God, I mean, God yeah. thinks generationally from Genesis right. 1 to the end of Revelation. Right. It is a generational, multiple generations, a picture mm. of history. And Christians get very, very tunnel vision about, I mean, it's so easy, right, to fall into the sin of self-worship, mm. right? And hedonism, especially in the United States, and I'm I'm guessing also that's true in Canada. Um, it's just about my experience, and I get one lifetime, and that's it. So I better make sure that I check all of the boxes that I want, you know, whatever flavor of the month it is. Do people still say YOLO? Is that a thing? <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know anymore. Uh, it was a thing in the early 2000s. <laughs> um, and I can I can shoehorn a segue any anywhere. Uh, and the reason why, I mean, you bring up hedonism, you bring up, you know, ge- uh, we bring up generational thinking. We are a mental health podcast. Yes. Uh, we're reformed Calvinists. We think about it in a theological way. We both have degrees. She's got her doctorate. I got my undergrad pursuing more education in there, new thetic counseling as well. And so our, you know, uh, we have, do, we do have compassion on mental degradation and generational thinking, um, <laughs> mitigates um, a lot of things when you're able to set up success for another a generation. A lot of selfishness right, and when you're I, oriented that way. I just can't help but think that things like even an issue of IVF or abortion is, um, I, I don't like to be the guy that blames past generations and forgo responsibility, but I'm going to make a notice of past generations, like the pastors that you're talking about not caring about this situation, really need to wake up because there are future generations that are going to reap the consequences of the decisions that you don't make now. And um, I, I, I love counseling, but the less people I have on a chair, the better, because then that means they're all okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I so... I mean, Nick and I are both counselors, um, and I think this is a really good question because it is such an emotional issue. And I mean, I like I have heard Christians argue that the same passage in Genesis that talks about God's directions, commands to us to go be fruitful and multiply is actually a reason we should be using IVF, right? Like, well, if I'm infertile and this is the way that I come to have a child, like, am I... Is this the only way that I can fulfill that mandate? And it's such a warped way of thinking and the psychological consequences from any of this, from Mm. IVF, from abortion. I have not ever met a single person that wasn't devastated emotionally, cognitively in some way Mm. by these processes. Yes. Um, Even if it isn't for 20 years after the fact, right? When they come to acknowledge, you know, what's gone on. How... Laura, how are you counseling people that Christians that come to you and they love Jesus and they want to have a baby and they can't and they are heartbroken and devastated around it? Um, yeah, what, how would you counsel somebody that's like, IVF is my only option um, outside of this is so, this is evil and you should really not think about it. Um, do you do right. any validating of their experience or is it always just no? No, 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 <laughs> no. Well, I'm not a monster. No, no. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I have not um, had this situation that much yet of, okay. to be in the position of counseling someone. Um, but there are people that have made comments here and there. And, you know, God opens and shuts the womb. Amen. 
Um, and there are um, like medical things you can do to help um, with your fertility too, that are not wrong. Right. Um, so you for sure, like go, go and look into things that could help you. If there is a, like, if there is a actual problem, um, some of these things can be fixed and, and great, but just don't make human beings in a dish. Right. Um, yeah. Like it's, it's not so much to ask for, right? Like don't do that. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and so I, I always get accused of being like <laughs> having no empathy and um, yeah. like, being harsh and all this. And I'm not like, if I'm talking and I, and I have um, close friends who are infertile and who never were able to have kids. And I can see like to this day, the heartbreak right. of, of being there. And I don't know. I don't know why God, you know, chose for things to, to be this way for them. I don't. And I'm very sad for them and it's really hard. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you can't let your emotion drive you to justify doing something that is wrong. Right. Um, His sovereign wisdom. And I mean, I think of the book of Job and everybody goes back to Job as, as far as, you know, when we're suffering. talking about suffering and things like that. But when mm -hmm. he spoke to Job, um, you know, he simply told Job um, and he didn't cop out under, well, it was Satan that did it to you, Job. He said, no, who are you? Right. Do you... Um, do you open the womb? Do you close the womb? Do you measure the skies? Do you make the bear crawl out of the cave? All of that stuff. What God is saying right there, and he goes, in my infinite wisdom, uh, if, you, if you think it's awe and wondrous that I created this, then you know that I have the supreme wisdom to do what it was necessary to do for my glory. And a lot of the times, that's the only answer that we do get. And I'm content with that because who am I? What am I, 35? Like I know, you know, well, I'm talking mm -hmm. to the agent of days and he knows better than me. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to rest on the fact that he, I mean, this is what about why we have faith. We have faith in God's character that he is good, that he is sovereign, that he is righteous. Of course, we all know who God is. Uh, it's either a disposition of suppressing the truth and unrighteousness or being born again. But even after the fact is we have to have faith in his righteousness and that he is good. And uh, all things were good for the ones who love God. So there's multiple promises and answers to that question. But we always get that I am holy, I do what is right. And that's sometimes that's all we need to know. And then by his mercy, he gives us the answers to a lot of other things. <laughs> um, and so um, I, uh, you know, I, I actually appreciate that answer. Um, it, it, it parallels Paul's angst for his brethren in the flesh. He's like, I, I wish to be accursed of my own salvation for the sake of my brother in the flesh. And now he's speaking facetiously because obviously he can't do that, but he has an angst. And you said, Lord, like, hey, I don't know why God chose this. I, I am sad for you. Right. Um, and I do empathize and sympathize with your, uh, with, your, with your pain. I'm not just shrugging it away. But there is a right way to handle that. And sometimes it's the mind's disposition. There's that word, right? Uh, the mind's disposition uh, to accept God's sovereignty as, as it is and, and uh, uh, to um, accept reality as it is and go forward with right ethics and standards to, um, to, uh, to achieve peace. So. I, I think secular psychology stops at the empathy part, right? Like yeah. the argument is you just need to be empathetic. It actually doesn't matter like who or what comes in to your office and what's happened. Like it's your job to validate their feelings. Mm -hmm. And as a Christian, 
that is so far from what God calls us to do. I mean, even if we break it down simply into just being honest, mm. it isn't, I don't think, that we shouldn't be sympathetic to the pain that somebody goes through. Mm. But if we get lost there, then we never actually make it to truth. And God is also certainly clear about how deceitful like the heart is yeah. and where it can lead us. Yeah, I, and you use the term deceitful. I mean, the Bible tells us to mourn with those who mourn, not to deceive those who mourn by acts of crying and wrong moral virtue. By telling them, <laughs> I know it's so hard and I'm so sorry that you are struggling with infertility. It's totally okay because your pain is so great that you actually explore this truly evil process. Right. That almost, I mean, with the statistics that John mentioned at the beginning, has an almost 100% failure rate, or, I mean, we could say that differently, success at ensuring an abortion will happen, right? Um, yeah, so I will be so curious, Laura, to see, like, as God moves through this vi this video and the, the other ones that you guys are going to end up producing, what your experience is with talking with individual people and like how the conversation turns, yeah. you know, even with babies are murdered here, John, what do you think it was that finally started people even being open to consider? We actually need to call this murder. We need to tell women what they're doing, truthfully, what they're doing, tell them that it's a sin and, you know, ask them to repent. Right. Where do you think that happened from 2014 to now? You know, I'm not exactly, you know, what it is, is um, Marcus has a thing he likes to say about changing the conversation. Mm -hmm. And when you're putting out quality media, quality art, uh, you are changing the conversation. And we did see it. It was very gradual. Mm -hmm. When we said it, that there was, they were so upset. The pro-life movement was so upset that we were saying it that, um, you know, we had a very prominent pro-lifer uh call the fbi on marcus and I. <laughs> are you wow. serious yeah they uh. thought calling it murder was going to result in people blowing up clinics was the claim oh and i do remember that i totally remember <laughs> I that a, i have a story with marcus myself uh, involving that go ahead john <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah and so you know th that's ex that's how extreme how how hard the reaction was but what's interesting is those same people are now saying it's murder mm -hmm. and they've even said, well, maybe criminalization should be on the table. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's that whole, you know, I guess steel ball thing that the abolitionists like to talk about, um, you know, Overton window, whatever, you just keep pushing that. And, and it begins to, within the culture. I mean, how many times have we seen a babies are murdered here sign like on oh, the yeah. front of some sort of article, everywhere. right? right. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then Planned Parenthood comes out with that crazy campaign they did a uh, healthcare happens here. Oh mm. yeah. I do oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I totally so remember like, that. Yeah. That's yeah, like a badge I of mean, honor though. Right? All it cost was like a poster board and three thousand bucks to make that documentary. Yeah. You know? Wow. So it's just a matter oh, of really just, it was only three oh my gosh. Kevin Smith, eat our, you, glory, <laughs> Kevin glory Smith, eat your heart Lord. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh. Um, that is so cool. Yeah. And, like, it is quality media that God is going to use generationally, like, That's what I'm saying. you know, yeah. to save babies, to rescue those people being led to slaughter. I, did, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this. I just read an article in the last couple of months about a snowflake adoption 
which is where like the, the a, a couple adopts one of these embryos, a mm. baby, and then the mom who is not genetically or biologically quote unquote related to the child, mm. the baby grows in her belly and mm-hmm. then she delivers it. And I think it was like 30 years or something like the, the child was actually created in the eighties mm. or the, um, I can't, I wish I remembered more specifically my brain is swimming, but mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? The, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, that's actually the only one, like the only article specific to that I've read, but I'm certain that that is happening oh, yeah. a lot. All, I mean, not maybe not all over the place, but a lot. Yeah, I mean, we have babies on ice since yeah. the uh, advent of this particular scientific procedure. That's actually but, yeah. a great question. When did they start doing this? Do you guys know? When they started IVF as a practice? Or was it 1978 or so? Yeah. That sounds about right. Something like that. My God. Yeah. Well, also then too, like in which country are you Mm -hmm. talking about? Because it's been popping up all over, but I was, I was going to say along those lines, there was actually a a girl on TikTok like last week or something who made a video um, saying she's considered, so she's, she's a baby created through IVF Mm. and her parents still have frozen siblings and she is considering gestating her own siblings um whoa so it gets really trippy because (laughs) like just the fact that you could even do that and uh right and people people have been doing it and people are doing it like what is going on and kind of within that whole trippiness of weirdness there's also um a many many confirmed ibf doctors who actually swapped out their own sperm yes. instead of the sperm they were supposed to be using. Wild. I saw this, I saw this stat that said um, something like 80 doctors. They've, they've confirmed that 80 of these doctors um, have done that. And so you're just, you, you just be like, why? So these, these guys just have thousands of biological children out there. Ugh. And now these people are, finding each other, you know, through 23andMe and all these genetic testing, um, you know, sites or organizations or whatever. And it's to the point where they're connecting with like hundreds of siblings in their city. There was even um, in a Facebook group that I'm in, a couple that were going to get married who found out that they're biological half siblings. That's going to be a common practice. We got to make sure we're not related to each other. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I can't. Yeah. Like it's just wild. The stuff that's coming out of this, right? Like here we are this many years down the line and it's, and, and it's interesting too, because these people um, created through IVF there, there's a whole bunch of them that feel that an injustice has been done to them Uh um, just because of this whole situation. And they are not happy and basically you never hear about that. You never hear about no. unhappy people who were created via IVF um, just because that's not something that anyone wants to touch. Nobody wants to go there. Mm. Um, so it's just, it's really interesting. The stuff that you can find if you start digging. I don't even know what to say to that. My jaw has been dropped yeah, we, the entire yes. time that you were <laughs> just explaining that. To I us. cannot imagine mm-hmm. like finding out that your fiance is your brother mm. or your first cousin or mm-hmm. I mean, um, or uh, your your uncle. Of course, kind that's of. gonna it's gonna create a new fetish somewhere, and they're gonna uh, cancel that. that but yeah, I don't even want to talk about it's it. So but, yeah. it's yeah, it's <laughs> it's nuts. Um, 
<coughs> I did. I, I don't know if it's the same TikToker. I was just listening. It was somebody on TikTok who was talking about um, she was the she is like one of the, the products of one of these doctors that used their own uh, semen to fertilize mm. eggs. Um, and she was yeah, she was pissed. Pardon mm-hmm. my French. But mm-hmm. she was like just I will literally never know. And I still don't know, like, how many, like, where are those, mm-hmm. where are those embryos stored? Like, are they still being used? Are they still being adopted? Are they, you know, what, what is ha- happening here? Um, Lord, help us. Do they, are they prosecuted? Did that doctor get prosecuted or any of the ones that you have, you're familiar with, Laura? Like, has there been? Um, so, yeah. So the reason I heard about it was because of these mad people who right. were conceived the IVF. And um, they were saying, no, like there was no, it was just like a slap on the wrist and nothing really happened. Um, And so they're mad about that and saying, you know, these guys should be in jail for what they've done, but there's really no law. Like there's no, there's no no regulations for all of this IVF stuff at all. So um, these people are pushing for, we need to regulate IVF, um, which also interestingly is, um, a comeback sort of from some Christians to our video being like, well, we need to regulate this. Like where, where have we heard that before? Um, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> abolish it. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Yeah. It and then yeah. So the in- simple incremental you- battle yeah. will happen all over again. Uh, yeah. Oh um, my John Speed's going to lose his mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been watching his face. He's I like, oh, he's we like, can actually see the smoke coming out he of looks your like an yeah. a- He looks like an anime character right now. It's just the teardrops <laughs> just coming over there. <laughs> Um, I'm a huge nerd. I'm not, I'm not going to go into that. Oh, we that. don't Wait, any pretense about If Marcus was here, him. I'd be talking about wrestling. I do have a story with uh, uh, Marcus Pittman. We were outside of an abortion mill, and we were trying to actually um, talk to the guy that rolls up in the medical trucks to take the waste away. Oh, yeah. Of course, those uh, are filled with dead babies. And um, because there is an infirmary here that is actually near a neighborhood and the smokestacks burn and we see the smoke and it's actually the air is filled with remnants of of dead children. Cremated and children. And so we got the bright idea of waiting, him, uh, waiting for him to come. And then we were going to follow him. <laughs> and, okay, um, what, what we're not saying is yeah, that yeah, you guys should be doing I that. I don't care. I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Just putting that out there. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to tell the medical company. I, I still remember his license plate, though. Um, but uh, um, he, I, uh, I, I'm out there all the, I used to be out there all the time. And so sometimes I just preach and um, I started preaching at the guy. So he got kind of got a hold of my face and now we're running around the streets and he's ditching us because he knows oh <laughs> who like we are. Like an actual car chase was yeah, happening? I was like, we went all the way out to the middle of the desert. And if you know Arizona. <laughs> it, like, it like puts a totally different meaning behind Kingdom Warrior. Yeah, this like, was more of my fault because I was preaching. But if you hang out with Marcus Pittman, you're going to end up doing some. Godly troublemakers. Yeah, you're going to end up doing something that you might not find yourself in. Uh, it makes for a good movie. I think he captured everything on camera. Um <laughs> And uh, I, I'm curious to see what he's got on that. But I always mention that when, I, uh, when I'm around Marcus, I miss him terribly. Like, do you remember the time that we chased the, the guy picking up medical waste in, yeah, the, yeah, in yeah, the Arizona yeah, desert? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm really, I hope I'm not jumping the gun and asking this question. What is next for Lore and Choice for Two in this, exp- in your exposed series? Question, like, can, or can you, is that like super secret and hush-hush? Or like where, 
where are you guys going next? Says a really um, awesome fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually keeping it a secret right now just oh, because we're sure. working, we're working on that one. And I kind of don't want people to get wind of it until Ooh. we drop it. Um, I did not do that with some of these other things. And I feel like I, in a, in some way, um, prepared people to be ready with their, okay. with all their, yeah. uh, yeah, their it, comebacks I, and all this. And like, I just want to, I just want to drop this next one on people. And also, um, this next one could get us into, uh, some trouble, I guess, Ooh. uh, like, which you will know. You're already in trouble, Laura. <laughs> I know, but like <laughs> legit trouble. Yeah, I know. So yeah, yeah. I just, I'm just kind of keeping it under wraps now, but what I, what I love about the series and it's funny you say that about Marcus, cause this whole thing was his idea. Mm. Um, <laughs> that doesn't he was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, why don't you do a series for lore of like longer videos, which is not what we've been doing. We've just been doing shorter things. And, uh, that's what exposed came out of. And so, um, I love though, that as we've gone along, everything's gotten more extreme, mm. like the the ideas of what what the episodes were going to be at first i look at that now and i'm like child child play yeah well, and so uh even as we're going along we're just like changing things up because we can mm. um and so i'm 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 just saying like the third one is going to be oh, pretty man. bad hashtag just saying i really I yes. cannot i can't wait i have I have some goosebumps happening right now, and I can't wait to be one of the first people to share it. I'm, I, I'm glad you said there's, there's yeah. something in the there's something in the works, keeping the suspense, uh, uh, letting us uh, consecrate our hearts, if uh, if you will. You've had a global influence. Some of your videos have been translated into other languages. Um, that's how far. I mean, the beginning of Romans, uh, Paul is commending the Romans for their faith is going out towards the lands. And John Speed and Laura Clausen, your faith is going out oh, into yeah. other countries um, and, and into lands, influencing, changing the conversation, regardless of ethnic background. Take that woke generation. Right, right. And um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, go to lure.tv to see quality content, choice for two, um, especially if you're, a, 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 if you're a mother considering abortion, please. Um, that is a good resource for you. Right. Reach out to any of us. Right. We, our audience, we assume, is... Uh, believing Christians, but if anybody is hearing this and they are considering abortion or they've had had an abortion, if they're considering IVF or in the process of IVF right now, please reach out to us. Please, please reach out to any of us. We would love to talk to you and share the gospel (laughs) of Jesus with you. And, um, uh, I know it sounds like I'm wrapping up, but I have to say this, John Speed. I'm going to be. Uh, 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 I'm going to say this. Um, <laughs> it's okay to say that you're doing public relations for Laura. Is that okay? I'll cut this out if you don't want me to. Yeah. Say. Okay. Um, that's, that's I come. I I come from the stand-up comic world, show business, radio, acting, all of that stuff, right? And I've always hated PRs because they <laughs> they just <laughs> squash the interview, <laughs> but. I looked at the questions that you yes. sent us and the uh, and some of the stuff that we needed to mention. And I'm like, this is how it's done. This is how it's Christendom done. makes everything mm-hmm. look better, and that's exactly what you get at Lord.tv. See, I didn't I didn't go away with that <laughs> without the benefit of of, of a plug. Yeah, um, we need like we really really need people to be. I almost hate to call it like courageous, but it ends up being courageous because you we're speaking so much against what the larger culture says is right or reasonable um 
take up your cross, yeah. right? Get involved in this fight. We've got human beings being murdered. We have human beings being frozen, being experiment. I mean, nobody bats an eye anymore when we think about the medical experimentation that was done at Auschwitz. So why is this different? And why are you allowing yourself to think about it as different? It is mm. not. It's actually very clear and very simple. Mm. And I love your definition. Like, it is human trafficking. And, um, yeah, like... Kingdom Warriors. That's what we've got today. All all three of you guys with Nick going into the desert. Oh, and don't you put me in there. I'm not <laughs> in their class. I'm not on their league. Um, I'll let you down. Yeah, um, I can't wait. Do, can you guys give us any hint about when the next video might be? Come, Is it like this summer, this fall, next year? Oh, goodness. It, I don't know. Okay. Um, it's just everything is such a process. And um, working with the, the level of animators that we have, mm. nothing is quick. Um, so I'm trying to get it. I mean, I'm trying to get it done as fast as I can. So mm. I can okay. say that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. And we thank you for that. We appreciate that. Well, we'll, we'll uh, that, I think this is a good spot to end. We'll wrap it up uh, here. Once again, go to lore.tv fund what Holly wouldn't. Yes. That's the tagline. Christian you, movies shouldn't suck. <laughs> uh, they, uh, um, they, uh, they give you the ability to fund what you want to see. Good, high quality content for your, uh, ed uh, entertainment, edification and wisdom as well. Um, and of course, choice um, for two, check out choice. For yes. Two. And of course, uh, check out choice for two. Uh, the media on there is excellent. The resources for mothers are excellent and you always get a kind face. I've, I've worked with uh, Choice for Two myself, um, and uh, they've been nothing but beneficial as far as, especially if you're a minister trying to help a mom, they're a good resource uh, right. uh, for you. And uh, Laura would. is not void of empathy. She may be a spitfire, <laughs> but she does care. I promise you, she does care. Right. Uh, <laughs> and we would so, that whenever this next installment and Exposed drops, we would so love to have you guys back on sure. so we can hype it up. And we're going to put you on the spot because I'm going to put this on air, and then my audience is going to get mad if you don't come on. Right. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to hold you to it. We'll have to explain it when, if you guys don't. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put it in our calendar tentatively well, yeah, for yeah, whenever yeah. it comes. To be announced. Yeah. Guys, is there anything else that you wanted to say before we wrap it up? And uh, if not, then uh, we'll go ahead and do so. so. Oh, just thanks for thanks for having us and thanks for talking about this. Um, like John was mentioning, it's been like pulling teeth mm. to um, get this video out there and to get people willing to discuss it. So, you know, there's just been a handful of people that even want to talk to us about it. So mm. just thank you. Thank yeah. you for being some of those people that <laughs> are not uh, scared to go there. Uh, not not at all, and uh, we've yeah. been uh, trained by good men like John Speed, Marcus Pittman, and of course, Apology as yeah. well uh, to prepare us for this, and you've been a high, a high influence in my life, too, as well. Again, thanks uh, uh, for you, just for your faithfulness. Uh, God granted yeah. you that grace. It edifies others. Uh, John, same thing with you. I've seen an evolution in you, John, too, as well, um, coming up through the ranks. And uh, just speaking with wisdom, I like uh, every video that you start off with is you pausing saying to people that you're going to wait for other people to come on for like 30 seconds. <laughs> and, and I'm always catching the beginning of that. I'm like, we're already on, John. Just start, John. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> He's trying to make room for but, all the audience. But I get it. You have yeah. to wait for everybody to come in. But uh, yeah. um, We are so blessed and so grateful for both of you. So thank you so much. Thank you. 
Yes, and we love you guys. If you are edified by this conversation, please pass it along to your friends. And remember, like, share. Yeah, like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff that you uh, don't want to do, but uh, we we just want you to do it. Do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, remember, uh, take heart. He has overcome the world. Love you guys.